Welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. And today I want to talk about blaming, the blame game, the thing that happens in pretty much every relationship, especially once the divorce has been started, but it usually happens long before that. So I want to get into today, I want to talk about what that is, what it, the impact it has on relationships and the impact it has on your healing as you're getting out of a relationship. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk to you about something. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to come with me and my very, very best friend Val to Italy. We are running a retreat there for women uh, in June of 2024. The dates are June 22nd to June 29th. And we are going to be having a week together at a beautiful country home in Umbria, which is like in the middle of Italy. It is up in the hills and the view is spectacular, as are the grounds, the swimming pool, the Turkish spa, the yoga studio, the indoor dining, the outdoor dining, and just the grounds in general. It is absolutely stunning. It'll be warm. It'll be lovely. It'll be Italian. It'll be chef prepared food. But more importantly, why would you come to a retreat? Why not just go to Italy on your own? You might be thinking. And the reason for that is, well, there's many. But what often happens when we go on vacation, we make plans based on what other people want to do, perhaps, and, you know, maybe feeling we need to check a bunch of boxes of things to see and do, whatever, you know, you go on a cruise, you go on a tour where you jump on the bus, you know, whatever it is, not saying that those vacations aren't lovely. Of course they are. But when you go on retreat, you have to think about the word retreat. You are retreating from your everyday. And it is under these circumstances that you can give yourself the gift, the absolute gift of time and self-love and reflection and healing if it's needed, expansion if it's wanted, inner growth, which honestly is what life is all about. And we... We have that experience in a retreat setting because we are participating in practices that encourage that. And not only are we, you know, meditating together, doing restorative yoga, Reiki, uh, breath work, learning from different workshops, and also just spending time together. But we are embracing the opportunity to just silence everything else that's going on in our life, Right. When you go on retreat, you are coming either alone as a, you know, just by yourself and joining us, or maybe you're coming with a friend or your mom or something like that. But either way, you're leaving behind the daily stuff and that, that it, it is in that environment that we are able to expand. And by expansion, I mean, take on learning or experience the benefits of things like meditation and journaling and, um, breath work, maybe you've never done breath work, maybe you're wondering what I'm talking about. Well, think about it. Your breath is your life. We have to be able to breathe to live. Every single breath we take in is the beginning of the rest of our life. If we can do that with intention and we can expand our breath and we can use our breath to renew ourselves with, with new life force energy, imagine what you can create for yourself. Now, you might be wanting to create or manifest a new relationship. Maybe you want a new job or a career change. Maybe you want to start your own business. Maybe you want to write a book. 
Maybe you are retired and you just want to really have a peaceful and joyful and maybe also adventurous retirement. Whatever it is that you're looking for in life, whatever it is that you feel pulled towards becomes available to you when you retreat. Because at the retreat, you will have the time and the tools and the encouragement and the witnessing of the sisterhood there of what it is that you want, whatever that is. So I want to invite you to consider a journey like that with us. And also, if you have any fear around traveling alone, I mean, again, like we take care of everything for you. It is like the ultimate girls trip where everything is, you know, organized by women, created by women, for women, for you. And we really want you to be there with us. You might want to come with a friend. You might want to come alone. I invite you to choose the option that will allow you to do the most work. Um, So if you come with a friend, make sure it's someone that you're comfortable with and that you can say to this person, you know what, I'm going to go meditate for 15 minutes. I'll be back. So join us for the next, the first, I should say, Rising Moon Sisters Retreat in Italy. Um, We're heading to Costa Rica in just a few weeks. Um, Actually, I leave very soon, but our retreat in Costa Rica is happening in March 2nd to 9th, and it is actually sold out. Uh, We have another one coming up in 2025, but the next available retreat for you is in Italy. Is it calling you? Are you thinking that would be nice? Well, I invite you to check out the links in the show notes below, and you can see about coming and joining us. And if you have any questions, of course, let me know. So enough about that for now. Let's get into the blame game. That's what we're talking about today. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. So, the blame game. It's pretty uh, alive and well when it comes to divorce. You know, we love to get into assigning blame for why the relationship has ended, why it's ending the way that it is, for all the things that happened in the marriage to make it, you know, go downhill for the demise of this whole thing. You know, there, there seems to be this constant sort of desire to blame someone. And, you know, why why do we do that? I want to talk about that today. Um I want to talk about the benefits to not doing that and how we stop, right? So, you know, why do we blame? We blame because things are not working out the way that they were supposed to or the way we wanted them to. And we don't want to be blamed. Like, we don't want to say that was our fault. We don't want to be wrong. So we blame someone else because then if they're wrong, then we're right. That's one of the places it starts. The other part of 
blame, which I think we often hesitate to look at, is that is the belief system that supports the blame. So if we, generally speaking, have a very negative outlook on life and just don't believe that good things happen and, you know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then when it does, we blame someone for it. We're victims constantly to circumstances. So we're blaming everything and everyone. We, in fact, saw this so much in society when COVID hit. Everything was blamed on COVID suddenly. Bad service, bad behavior, impatience, sickness, you know, where it came from, you know, countries were blaming each other. Like it, it was, it was insane, really, when you look at how we handled this global crisis. In, in many ways, we came together, but in many ways, and, you know, there were just as many that were just this constant, like finger pointing of how this happened. So it is one thing to look at, look for solutions to understand the problem and how it arose. It is entirely different when we're looking for someone to blame, for someone to say, oh, this marriage ended because this person behaved in this way and that's why it ended. When we do that, we become victims to circumstances, victims to other people's behavior. And by victim, I mean that we are basically putting ourselves in a situation or verbalizing that we have no control over our life, that everything bad that's happened to us is because of something that someone else did or because of something that happened outside of us. In other words, we're, I have no control. I, this is not my fault. I don't know what happened. They did this. They did that. This happened and that happened. And here we are, right? So it's such a negative and defeatist and limiting way to think. And the other thing, the that it does, it completely, or at least you think it does, it absolves you of any responsibility, any, um, well, blame. So you're not at fault. And so you're a good person. And then so the other person must be a bad person, right? Well, the world is not quite that simple. And I actually just got off uh, a call with a, with a client. And one of the first things she said to me was that she wanted to talk about whose fault it is that the marriage is failing. And I said right away, it doesn't matter, but she really wanted to explore it. But I think by the end of the call, I was able to get through to her and help her understand that the marriage has ended. Whose fault it is doesn't really matter. Everybody makes mistakes in relationships. Everybody makes mistakes in all kinds of areas of life. We all make mistakes. Making a mistake doesn't mean the marriage ends. Making a mistake doesn't mean you have to lose a job. Making a mistake doesn't mean you get sick. It's the repeated sort of self-destructive behavior that can cause some of those problems, like being an addict or an alcoholic or never showing up on time for work or, you know, we're making these repeated mistakes that can eventually cause us to lose our job or lose our partner or something like that. Or we become sick because we don't take care of ourselves and our bodies for 30 years and then we sit back and we blame uh, the food people for how they prepare or how, what they put into our food. Well, if you were eating well for those 30 years, it probably wouldn't be a problem. Anyway, it is disempowering. It is, you know, 
you become a victim and I, I don't want that for you. I want you to feel good and empowered when you, when you leave your marriage or as you're coming out of your marriage or as you're trying to heal from your marriage. And you know what? If you're still in a relationship and you're still not sure your marriage is going to end, um, in, in your effort to make it work, try to create some kind of a pact or agreement in counseling, most likely, um, where you stop blaming each other. And the opposite, of course, of blaming each other is to take responsibility. And taking responsibility before you get your back up here does not mean that it becomes your fault. It just means that if both parties take responsibility for their part, for their role, for their behavior, full responsibility for your choices, for things you did do, didn't do, said, didn't say, chose or not chose, then we can get away from blame. We can get away from it has to be your fault for me to be right. And we can get to let's find a solution that works for both of us. Let's, you know, this particular choice that you made made me feel really bad. Can we do something different about that? Well, the other person is now going to go, well, wait a second, why are you blaming me? Well, that's not really blame. It's just simply saying, I felt really uncomfortable with that. Instead, the other person could, for example, say, oh, okay, that wasn't my intent and that wasn't what I was trying to do. Uh, what would be a better way for me to say something like that? For example, like I'm just talking like basic, basic communication skills. Anyhow, <laughs> let's get back to blame. Blame is essentially defined as assigning responsibility for um, a fault or a wrong. We blame others for a number of events. Um, you know, we blame others for, you know, making us late, making us feel guilty, making us feel pressured to make a decision that we don't want to make, for making us angry. We blame others um, and... Like for just about anything, like we, if we can find someone to blame for something, we are going to blame them. It even exists in an apology. You know, when, when you when you say to someone like, hey, don't do that or don't talk to me like that. And then they say, hey, I'm sorry, but you made me really angry. Well, didn't they just take away the apology and turn around and blame you for it? Right. Blame. Because fundamentally, we want to be the good guy. And all of this comes from our ego. And I did a whole episode on ego, so I'm not going to get into that, um, though I probably will again another day, but not today. But I'm just going to tell you that blame comes from ego. So if you find yourself blaming someone, something, a situation, a circumstance, whatever, for uh, a negative feeling in your life, a negative existence, a negative experience, you're living through your ego. Now you're living from a place of, I need to blame someone or something for this so that I don't have to feel bad about it. We're trying to escape guilt. Um, we're trying to escape responsibility. We're trying to escape blame and fault and all of those things. So the first step, really, the really important step in trying to end the blame game is to take responsibility for our part. And I've already said that. So let's get a little bit uh, more into how we can stop this habit of blaming because let's face it, there are people who have a real habit. There are people who do a lot more blaming than others. And I also want to say, I want to say, when I say to stop the blame game, it doesn't mean that there's never anyone at fault. It doesn't mean that no one ever did anything wrong. It just means that if you want to resolve the issue and you want to move forward, 
you need to empower yourself and each other with solutions and understanding, taking responsibility so that it doesn't happen again. Um, Blaming solves nothing. Blaming assigns fault and in inadvertently or maybe on purpose it also assigns shame when we blame someone for something they and especially if they did do it they feel ashamed of having created a problem or done something now shame does not often show up as an apology shame tends to show up in the blame being flipped around making excuses um not taking responsibility in any way. And that's where the conflict starts. And if you think back to, you know, the many fights that you've probably had with your ex or soon-to-be ex or current partner, but heading towards divorce, I bet you've had more than dozens of arguments or discussions about whose fault it is that this or that happened or didn't or whatever. So how can we avoid this pattern or this habit of blaming I think partly we need to understand where it comes from so as young children we were taught that there's a right and the wrong there's like there's a way to do things and there's a way not to do things and of course depending on your parents and what their belief system is some of those do's and don'ts might be really rigid and some of them might be really fluid and some parents might not have taught you anything and other parents might have taught you that everything is wrong you know you if anything happens, blame, 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 right? Instead of being understanding and, and, and patient with that accidents happen, mistakes happen, like no one has to be blamed. You know, it's just simply, oh, darn, that happened. Okay, well, let's fix it, right? So what you need to do if you want to get away from that pattern is to understand where it came from. Where did your um, propensity to blame come from like where you know look at what your parents do how they talk about things how they blame how they take responsibility or don't take responsibility and most likely you're doing a lot of what they're doing so take a look at that and take a look at basically your belief system that supports this blaming why is it so important to you for example to not be at fault here, to not be blamed. So you have to blame the other person. I mean, that's usually what we do, right? We blame so we don't get blamed. So why is that so important to you? Um, What is the belief system that supports that? And this is not me trying to, by the way, blame everything on your parents because I don't believe in that either, but take a look at their patterns to understand. So we also, another tool that we need to to use to avoid this sort of habit of blaming is to change how we view mistakes. And this, I can say safely, really probably came from your parents. Um, And again, they're not bad people. This is not about that. It's not, it's just understanding the pattern as they were taught it, as their parents were taught it and so on, right? How do you handle mistakes? You know, don't cry over spilled milk. Well, if you spilled a glass of milk and the glass shattered and there's milk everywhere, how was that handled when you were a child? Was there like, oh, you, whatever, like, can't believe, you know, be more careful, blaming? Or was it just simply, oh, watch out, there's broken glass, let's clean that up. You stay over there, let me get the glass so you don't get cut. Because it was an accident. Not if you threw the glass on the floor, then it gets dealt with it a little bit differently, but there still doesn't need to be a big blame game. It's just simply, 
we don't do that kind of stuff around here. Why would you do that? You know, it, it's how were these moments handled? How were you taught to view mistakes made by yourself and by other people? So when you th- just think about it, like when somebody makes a mistake in your life, whether it is your partner or your children or somebody at work, a friend, how do you handle that? How do you look at that? How do you view it? Um, do you blame? You know, do you go home and think to yourself, oh my God, they're like, I can't believe they did that. They're so stupid. And if they only did this and blame, 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 right? Or are you able to just observe that somebody in, you know, made a mistake? Like it happens. We all do. Like we all do. You make mistakes. I make mistakes. We all do, right? So instead of viewing, so here's the, here's where the ego gets involved. We tend to look at mistakes as failures like you fail to do it right you fail to do do it well so we look at it as failures and then if we feel that we've made a mistake we need to blame someone because we don't want to be a failure if you have grown up with a belief system that that making a mistake is a failure it's weak it's bad then you will do just about anything to not be seen that way so when something happens and you might make a mistake, like be late for a meeting, you're going to blame it on the traffic because you don't want to be blamed for something. You don't want to be seen as a failure. You don't want to be seen as bad. So we blame. Um, instead, when we make mistakes, and we can only take responsibility for our own, when we make mistakes, which everyone does, Try to use them as opportunities for growth, for self-improvement, for learning, um, by acknowledging your responsibility, like, oh, I see that I made a mistake or I see that I hurt you. I didn't mean to. How can I do this differently, right? Um, Then you're able to learn from those mistakes and grow from them. And also, this gives you, this this is such an empowering exercise because it gives you more control of your life. Because you, you're learning from the things that you're doing. You're sharing that with the people around you. You're, you're building trust. Um, you're creating dialogue and communication. Uh, all of these things make you feel in control of your life. If you're walking around like on eggshells all the time, worrying about making a mistake and being blamed for something and being seen as a failure, then you're a victim to everybody and everything all the time you're just waiting for that other shoe to drop you're just waiting for that person to go oh my god you're an idiot right don't do that to yourself and that's on you we have to learn to manage these things within ourselves now we cannot you know you might do this work you're thinking but what about everybody else they might still blame me yeah they might they might still blame you because they haven't done this work Well, then I guess you just have to be able to say to yourself, that's their own limitation. You could try to talk to them about how they handled it, but you don't have to blame. You can say, look, I understand that I made a mistake here, but what you're blaming me for is not what happened. You know, this wasn't deliberate. It wasn't whatever, whatever, you know, and having that conversation. If you are really stuck in this blame game and you just notice that you can't stop it, like you cannot stop blaming your soon-to-be ex Um, You cannot stop thinking about that you want them to be blamed for what they did, for example, or something else in your life. 
it might be time to see a therapist or a coach to, well, let's face it, you need to work on your self-worth in that case, right? So people who blame like that, it's really habitual in their lives, who are constantly flipping it like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. You, It's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. If that's something that comes out of your mouth a lot in some way or another, it's probably because you don't really feel worthy. You are always on the edge of Somebody's going to think I'm a failure. Somebody's going to see that I'm not worthy. Somebody's going to notice that I don't know anything or that I'm not that smart. I'm not that um, clever. I'm not that fun. I'm not that lovable. Somebody's going to catch me out and I need to make sure that doesn't happen. And of course, those are not the thoughts that you're having in your head consciously, but those that's the belief system that is working underneath you that is supporting this blame game that you might be engaged in. David Hawkins uh, did a whole sort of section on blame in his book, uh, Letting Go. I have it right here. And it's an amazing book, by the way. Um, I recommend to anyone. But there was the blame area, the blame chapter. There wasn't even a full chapter. It was just a couple of pages. But really inspired, I I would say, a lot of this episode right here. And here, I'd like to read something that he wrote. It's just a quick sentence. And he says... The first step out of blame is to see that we are choosing to blame. And you might be thinking, it's not a choice. It's the truth. You know, this person did this thing. And fine, this person did this thing that that you don't like, that you don't want to be part of, and that is causing problems in your relationship. Fair. It happened. But. We still need to take responsibility for our side, meaning how are we going to react to that? What are we going to do about it? You know, what do, you know? how does it make us feel and what are we going to do about that? How are we going to communicate this with this person? We still have to address our side. If we just sit back and go, this is all your fault, then we are completely disempowering any opportunity for us to grow and learn. We're also preventing any kind of um, beneficial communication about this problem with the other person or any kind of resolution to this issue. He also pointed out that there are a lot of payoffs to blame. We get to be innocent. We get to enjoy self-pity. We get to be the martyr and the victim. And we get to be the recipient of sympathy. Now, you have heard me talk about this before, and that is when we are victims to our circumstances, I've talked about more in the capacity of abuse and also betrayal, but when we choose a victim role in our life, we get a lot of sympathy, we get you know validation, um, we get to be the good guy. And in order for that, for us to grow and become back in control of our lives and to grow our self-worth and our self-esteem and our confidence and all of that, We have to let go of the victim mentality, which means that we probably also have to let go of this constant sort of, oh no, poor you, you're so wonderful, you didn't deserve this, like this whole constant sort of stroking and validation. And that can be hard to let go of, especially when, you know, you're in the middle of a divorce and you've lost a lot and you feel sad and you feel lonely. But... When we don't do that, when we choose to continue the blame game and the victim game, let's take a look at some of the things that we're missing out on. You know, I just mentioned it um, a few minutes ago, and that's personal growth. 
That's one of the benefits of letting go is, is the growth that can happen when you sit down and take a look at your side of the fence, so to speak, right? Blaming is a, is a defense mechanism. It is not a solution. It is not even looking for a solution. And it is in no way encouraging you to look at yourself. The other thing that you're losing when you become a victim, which is what you do when you blame, is your power, right? Um, suddenly you are basically saying that everything in my life is up to everybody else. I have no control over anything. You know, when I show up, how I show up, what I do, what I don't do, it's all depends on what everybody else is doing. And, you know, you can actually, I'm sure you know these people. I certainly know these people. One of the ways that this mentality shows up, maybe in other ways, like not directly in blame, is like those people who will never commit to anything. Like, hey, do you want to do this or this? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Oh, it's all the same. Like, it really doesn't matter. I, I don't want to be the one to decide. And what they're thinking is, I don't want to be the one to decide because if we don't have a really good time, I don't want to be blamed. And that puts you in a situation where you probably, first of all, end up doing a lot of things that you didn't really want to do because you wanted to do the other thing, but you never said anything, right? And it means that Everybody else gets to have control over your life and what you do. And you render yourself, you render yourself powerless. Like you don't make any decisions for yourself. You don't make any choices for yourself. You don't speak up for yourself because you don't want anyone to be upset with you. Well, people get upset with you, not necessarily because you've done something wrong, but because they don't like what you're doing or saying. But just because they don't like what you're doing or saying does not mean that what you're doing or saying is wrong. It just means that they don't like it or they don't agree with it or they don't align with it. And that's fine. It's you, you can't make everybody happy all the time. We have to let go of this. I need to be this loved and liked person all the time. It's not possible. Do you love and like everybody you meet all the time? No, it's not possible. We're all so different. That's what makes life so interesting. And that's what makes human contact and friendships and meeting people so fun. Everybody's so different. But we have to be able to say, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do this. That, that would work better for me. Or maybe we can do this this time and that next time. You know, so we both get to do what we want to do. That's healthy. That's healthy. Okay. So be aware of those other sort of very passive ways that you are avoiding blame. And by doing so, you're just handing your life over to other people or the power of your life. Okay, so the other thing that you are losing out by being in that space is um, healthy relationships. I mean, let's face it, I think I just covered just about every part of that, but like communication and power dynamics and... Um, you know, when, when we start blaming people, I mean, we're no longer having healthy communication. So it, you know, there's none of that. Uh, and it just in generally general fosters conflict and problems and ill feeling and resentment and hurt, and anger, uh, frustration. So, and, and this, and this isn't just true in marriages, by the way, romantic partnerships. It is also true at work. Um, it's true with friends and uh, with our children, our parents, you know, it's, it's true everywhere. So start watching how you interact, especially when things get a little bit difficult. Okay, so what else are you giving up? You're giving up. <laughs> You're giving up. You're um, 
ability and right to shine with the people that you love and care about. Your positive influence, your potential, I should say, your potential positive influence on others, the part of you that's forgiving, empathetic, the part of you that is actually very able to say, oh, you know what? I didn't really like that, but let's figure it out, okay? Like, let's not make a big thing out of it. I understand that you made a mistake. Let's figure that out so it doesn't happen again. That part of you, that part of you that's kind and generous and loving and forgiving. When when we switch to the blame game, the people that we're talking to, the people in our life, the people that we love, they don't get to see that part of us. They don't get to be part of, they don't get to come into our light and our love because you're shutting them out. And by the shutting them out of your love, you're shutting yourself off from their love as well, which is probably the thing that you're trying to get more than anything. You know, so often when we blame, the thing that we want is that apology and you're right, I'm wrong, I love you, you're amazing, I'll never do it again, but that's what we want, right? But we're not always going to get that. But that doesn't mean this other person doesn't love you. Make it a little easier for them to love you. And no, I am not saying put up with stuff that's bad or abuse, none of that stuff. So don't be sending me a bunch of messages to say, are you telling me I should be okay with my partner abusing me or being verbally abusive or being a narcissist? Of course, I'm not saying that. But blaming brings out the worst in people on both sides. You're at your worst and they become at their worst or vice versa. Let's elevate. Like, let's choose a more positive and higher vibration and find a way to be that's not all about putting someone else down, about shaming someone else and pointing out what they did wrong and making them feel bad about themselves so that you can feel better about yourself. It's so ego-driven. Can you hear it? It's so ego-driven and it's not in the best interest of any of your relationships, including your relationship with yourself. As we approach the end of this episode, I want to encourage you to do this work. And I think I've given you quite a few reasons to do that and some ways to work on it. So to just kind of go through those again, start by working on your self-esteem, your self-worth. So your self-esteem is kind of how you see yourself in the social environment and how you believe others see you, right? Work on your self-worth so that you don't feel that you know, if you make a mistake, that's the end of the world. And work on the limiting beliefs, discovering them and then releasing them, the limiting beliefs that support this way of thinking. So understanding the pattern, you know, as it goes back, maybe to your childhood, maybe to school and the teacher or something like that. But understand the pattern of thinking and the, the supporting thoughts, the, the very negative thoughts that support this way of thinking. So the last thing to mention, which I haven't mentioned already, is to stop telling the story. And in divorce, we love to tell our story. It's our victim story. It's the, I'm a saint and I'm devastated because my ex did these horrible things to me. That's the victim story in some form or another. And you know what? You might be right. The person you're divorcing might be a, a very unkind, abusive, uh, whatever, horrible human being. That's possible. They might be somewhat unkind. They might be super wonderful. But 
when we choose to tell the negative story, to, to blame and blame, always talk about they did this and they did that. I, I certainly did that when I first was getting divorced. Like, I mean, everybody I met, like, oh, how are you doing? What's going on? And, and I would just tell a story, a horrible story. You know, because I wanted validation. I wanted support. I wanted love. I wanted like, you're right. He's awful. You poor thing. I needed all that. But then I let go of it. I realized it It took me a few months, but only a few months. And not that I was like fully healed at that point, but I realized that in order to heal, in order to move forward, I had to let go of the story. The story was still there. It was still real. It wasn't about, oh, well, then he got away with it. No one got away with anything. It's not about that because it's not about the blame. This is what's happening. And I had two choices. I could continue to live in the past, blaming my ex for everything that, you know, he had done. He was blaming me for everything I had done. And, or I could choose to let go of it and just like, it doesn't matter anymore. It happened and it caused this. And now we're done. And now I'm gonna get on with my life. And I'm gonna stop telling the story and when you stop telling the story, you stop living in that space, that negative headspace of this constant blaming and this limiting and very negative thinking. So you stop being a victim, which is a good thing. You stop being someone who has no control over their life. And you start saying things to yourself like, how could I have handled that differently? How can I make sure I never put myself in a situation where that happens again? How can I feel empowered to get myself out of a situation before it gets to that point? How can I learn to communicate in a way where my boundaries are more clear? For example, right? That's the work. That's the work, okay? And I'm here for that work. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you. Um, this podcast is here for all of that. And... Lately, I've been getting a lot of new coaching clients. I still have some spots, but I am loving that you're reaching out for help. And I wanna say right now, I have come to realize because people are telling me there are more and more men listening to this podcast, which I'm really grateful for and, and welcome guys. Like honestly, I know that the way I speak here can often feel a bit geared towards women, which I know it does. Uh, it's the words that I choose. Uh, I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, I guess. I'm speaking from my own experience. I divorced a man. Um, and I primarily work with women. So that's the story that I'm telling. However, I know that you guys are listening and I want you to know that I know that this happens both ways. You know, just because I say, you know, for myself, like he did that, it doesn't mean that I think all men are like that. It just means in my case, it was a man who did it. So. Um, bear with me as I work on being more neutral in my in my language, please. I'm working on it um, and I aim to do better. And you are very welcome here in this space. Um, I know that there's not a ton of help for men out there compared to the kind of help there is for women. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you found your way here. And if you're still listening, I'm even more grateful. So thank you. And ladies, gentlemen, all of you. You're going through a tough time and I'm here for it and I'm here to help. If you feel that the way that I talk about things and think about things resonates with you and you'd like to learn more, you can find information about working with me below. Okay, that's it. I'm going to log off. Um, I'm going to say goodbye for now and I will be back next week. Have the most beautiful day.